Starting a podcast can be very time-consuming. I've been doing it for more than three years now, and my biggest challenge was finding a way to distribute my episodes across major audio platforms in a way that was easy, effective, and free to use. That's when I came across Anchor. And the best part is that you can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's going on, everyone? This is George Khalife. We're back with another episode of Let's Grab Coffee. I'm here with my good friend, Chris Tester, who's ironically the founder of uh, Coffee Booster. So I thought uh, this podcast would be quite fitting. Coffee Booster is a very cool flavorless supplement that you actually add to your coffee. So uh, I was telling Chris that after this podcast, I'm going to go buy some to try it out and who knows, maybe start doing this as a regular thing on this podcast. But thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So, first of all, you're from Ottawa, right? That's yeah, I'm currently I living in Ottawa. I've lived yeah. across Canada, but Ottawa's home now. Ottawa's home. And were you always an entrepreneur? I know you went to, I think you went to Carleton, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So, I went to uh, Carleton for business, uh, was a terrible student. So, um, but I, I think I've always been really an entrepreneur from, from a very young age. Um, mm. It started off, actually, I, I tell the story a lot with um was probably 10 years old and i got obsessed with uh, sports cards so this was back in earlier days of ebay i would buy and sell sports cards all day long so and grew a business all, all throughout elementary and high school to the point where i'd have to get my my father to take me to trade shows and i'd buy out tables because i knew the values of the cards go home and flip them so it's it's always been a part of my dna so it's it's i guess not a surprise that uh, i eventually started my own company and because of this too, I mean, did you, like before going to university, were you, were you struggling with the notion of, you know, should I even go get an education first or do I just continue starting these businesses uh, fresh, maybe out of high school or wherever you were at at that point? What did you think of that? It's a great question. Um, I, I think it was a little, it was a tough decision, um, mm-hmm. but it was really it was the, the path forward and the traditional path forward was to go to university, get the education and then springboard from there. Um, but in the back of my mind, business was kind of the, the right direction. Um, and I'd always kind of paired business up with health and wellness ventures and ideas afterwards. So um, which kind of connected the dots back ended up leading me to, to coffee booster today. And I find what's interesting with your story is that, I mean, you graduated in 2010, seven years later, you started this venture. I think for a lot of people listening, man, there's always this pressure, especially if you're like in the mix, you don't really know whether you want to start something, whether you should, especially in a very romanticized space as it is now. Uh, You kind of have this constant pressure of like, oh, should I be an entrepreneur? Should I start a business? What should I do on the side? Did you have that going through those seven years? And when did you figure out that this is the right time to start a coffee booster? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Um, one of the one of the things I did very early after graduating, so I graduated in 2010, and then for about a year I did personal training because mm-hmm. that that was the passion, health and wellness. But got very bored very quickly, and the best decision I ever made was to join a startup from there. So uh, I left the the kind of hourly training gig and went to a startup uh, which was a smoothie chain. Mm-hmm. So it was again combining that health, wellness, passion, but with that, that business mindset. And I was the first employee right after the company went public. And we grew this uh, smoothie chain from about four locations to over 40 inside of two years. 
And it was there kind of wow. being at the forefront of that, seeing the success, the failure, that I kind of got a taste for what it would be like. So I knew really from that point on that at some point I, I would take the lead myself. And, and was this uh, liquid nutrition? It was, yeah. Okay. How, how did that come? That's interesting. Though. I didn't. So they went public uh, as you were there and you probably saw that that kind of ride. And did they go public in Canada or the U.S.? Uh, they went public on the, the TSX Venture. So TSX the, Venture. Yeah. Damn, that's pretty cool, man. Especially when you're an early employee like that. That must have been a nice, uh, kind of a nice view from from where you were sitting. Well, it was, it was really the, it was, I would say the best education I could have ever had. So mm. you're young, you're hungry. Um, but what it did was it, it put me at the table with people that were making decisions. So the 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 board of directors down to the management they were all very seasoned uh, and experienced individuals um it was you know you had the the founder of gilded activewear uh, oh really yeah the the shamandis um and you had yeah. uh, you know david belisario who ran uh Teopia and told starbucks it was really arlene dickinson from the dragon's den was involved and then we had all these amazing athletes like matt ryan uh the quarterback Calvier, the NHL player. So it was, I mean, it was really, it was, it was the, the, the dream job right out of university. Um, but most importantly, I got to watch firsthand how all these successful people made decisions um, and how they dealt with failure as well. So it, it just proved to be the best education I've ever had. Do you ever want to do anything in, in corporate at all? Like uh, consulting, like big banks, did that ever kind of float in your mind or, or no? No, not, not really. So after Liquid Nutrition, I, I did make the switch and went to a, a much larger company, um, which was it was a distributor of, of health products. And that's it's a multi-billion dollar uh, annual sale business. So really went more corporate mm. after that, which was polar opposite experience. I mean, I learned systems, how to work within that corporate environment, um, kind of learned that I, I, I struggled there, did quite well. Um, in, a, in a sales role, grew from a local manager to a regional manager, territory manager, and ultimately managing uh, Canada. Um, so it was it was a great sales experience. Um, and kind of learned the ins and outs of, of the corporate world, but uh, ultimately it proved to be a springboard to get back into into the startup life. That's dope, man. And and so I think what I'm what I'm gathering too, just by talking to you, and that's why I love these podcasts because this is probably the first time we actually talk in person. And uh, even though I've obviously read a lot about uh, your background and your story, uh, what's interesting is you immediately went to the startup space. You always had a passion in health and wellness. That took you, like you almost combined the business aspect with whatever you were passionate about, kind of on the side. You combined the two, and then that's what led to Coffee Booster, isn't that right? That's exactly it. So I mean, it was really. Health wellness had always been the the passion. So I was bodybuilding to at a young age, making my own supplements too, and, and trying different things and um, having some fun with that. And then ultimately, um, with that entrepreneurial background and spirit, I, I knew there was going to be something that I would do on my own. But uh, it took me a little while to figure out that it would be coffee booster. So tell me about it. Like how did how did that whole idea start? Are you a coffee lover? What was what was the cachet there? Yes, uh, so I am a coffee lover, um, and most people who drink coffee tend to be. Um, but it actually started at, at that smoothie chain. So we had an interesting problem there, where okay. just back in 2011 and 12, when we were selling our organic smoothies. So these drinks were, you know, eight to ten dollars a smoothie. Um, but we had a, a play where the concept was kind of like you took a booster juice and combined it with GNC. 
So we had our own line of supplements that you would, you know, ideally a customer would try it in their smoothie, take the supplement home and make it on their own. But the challenge was that when it was, you know, eight, $10 hit to have somebody add one to $3 to it, it, it proved to be a bit of a, a bit of a struggle. So I was actually working on a plan in a, in a coffee shop. Thinking, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to, you know, start driving that incremental sale? And it was about 8.30 in the morning. I just remember seeing the lineup people out, out the door and thought, okay, you know what? Maybe we were looking at this the wrong way. I had that light bulb moment when I looked up and saw, you know, those, um, those flavor syrup pumps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought, man, imagine if you get a multivitamin in, in a pump. So that kind of, that idea stuck with me. And I, one of those things where, okay, I kind of put it off to the side, got back to work and just couldn't let it go. So I uh, moved out West to, to Calgary and would lie there and I think, you know what, I, I got to do something about this. I just, I can't let it go. So I started buying things off Amazon, going to health food stores and just, just trying, trying the kitchen, you know, putting things in coffee. And there was, trust me, there was a lot of failures there, um, but learned quickly what did and what didn't work. So, you know, liquids worked in coffee, powders didn't because they got kind of clumpy. So different things like that. Then ultimately built kind of a, a framework for, for what I thought would work, um, so I found uh, a co-packer and just took SKUs that they were already making and put my own label on it and these glass bottles and it was very clunky. And I said, okay, if I can sell these, uh, just a local, you know, fair community center, um, there's gotta be something here. So I took them, there were 20, it was actually, I forget, it was a snowstorm day at this community center and 20 people showed up, but I got all 20 to buy a bottle. So I kind of thought, okay, you know, this is this is interesting, and from there, just just kept going and going and, and evolving over time. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, when you were talking about the vitamin water, by the way, we used to have that when I was at TMX. We used to have these like dispense dispensers, I guess. It was sparkling water, but it, it was kind of like vitamin flavored water, I guess. Um, so they're becoming much more popular, in the, especially in the corporate space. Yeah. You know, as this kind of health fad uh, continues uh, in a good way, I guess. Um, but, but that's interesting. So you saw the opportunity in something that's different. You kind of like coffee and you thought of, okay, maybe I can integrate. How do you go about doing that? Especially when, you know, you're not, it's not like you're building software or, I mean, this is something that people are going to consume. The first thing I can think of is, well, this has to be safe. So how did you go about kind of testing this and making sure that this was a, a legit product for one, it's beneficial, but it's also safe for people to consume? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I, I, on my own, I'm, on my own body did, did all kinds of different experiments uh, as, as the starting point. And then from there, when I realized some things that didn't, didn't work, uh, ultimately uh, partnered with, with a manufacturer, mm-hmm. a team of scientists and researchers. So I went to them and said, okay, here's what I want to achieve. I want, and by the way, I, I had no idea what I was doing, but I had an idea. So I, I wasn't going to stop till we found the right partner to do it. And said, okay, we need to make a product that um, I have these benefits that I want to put into coffee. Um, it needs to be a liquid because liquid will mix in, but we need to A, dose it so that there's the actual health benefits. Mm-hmm. And then we need to be 100% clear that when that person drinks that cup of coffee, that's going to be hot, that whatever we put into there, they're actually going to be getting the benefits of. So we went down this lengthy journey, took about a year to figure it out, um, find the right, source the right ingredients, and then ultimately uh, about another eight months to get the Health Canada approvals. So 
product did uh, ultimately get approved by Health Canada. How do they do that? Like, what are they are they actually assessing it as well? Like, what can you just talk quickly about yeah, the process? The, the process is, I mean, it's it's kind of cumbersome and, and takes a long time. But most of the government agencies in Canada, U.S. and abroad, they're rarely testing the the product, so you kind of have to work with a manufacturer who has standards. Um, but what what they do look for is um, here's the claims you're making on the product, and here's the ingredients and their dosages. So you're trying to strike a balance of here's what I want to achieve. Here's the benefits that I want the, the consumer or the customer to ultimately gain from the product. How do we make that formula work? And then how does it work in coffee and, and heat? So it's a, it's a bit of a back and forth process. You're, you're trying lots of different things, but um, ultimately I believe we, we came up with a great product as, as a result of all that back and forth. And, and so what exactly is is in this liquid? Can you explain that to us? Yeah, so we we have five different. Uh, actually, I'll show you. We have five different benefits or different types of products that are in the, the coffee booster. Um, so we have collagen, which is is really it's from uh, it's, it's a grass fed cattle product that's great for hair, skin, nails, and joints. Very popular today. Um, we have one for your mind, so it's kind of our cognitive wellness cocktail. And those are a different uh, different mixtures of herbs and roots. Then we have a multivitamin, which is really a general all-purpose multivitamin for both males and females. Uh, one for your immune system, so to help fight colds and flus. Mm -hmm. And then antioxidant, which is um, a mix of green tea leaves, um, vitamin C, and a couple herbs as well. So really the, the five products are uh, blends of different herbs, uh, minerals, vitamins, and supplement compounds that people already know today. Okay. And, and you were telling me like before we started that uh, actually GNC is, uh, is supplying this now. What other places, like where can people actually find it? Yeah. So we're um, in the last year and a half, we're in actually about 3,000 stores in Canada and the U.S. Um, you can find us in GNC in Canada, Rexall, uh, Loblaws, um, the, the pharmacies like Metro, um, Ballpark's been a great customer since the beginning as well. Um, and then in the U.S., we're in a lot of regional chains like Giant Eagle, uh, Tops Markets, Hy-Vee, those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, the, the retailers and, and the consumers have really taken to, to the concept and product. Yeah, I mean, I haven't tried it, but I think what, what's just what's interesting off the bat, uh, and I'm excited to, obviously, but uh, I, I can just think of like, because of the way it looks, the first thing that you can compare it to is like an uh, energized uh, you know those those small kind of energy drinks, but the, the the at least with this one is number one. It's not it's not the only thing that you you. It's not like you just drink it by itself. Uh, it doesn't come with the sort of negative components of maybe an energy drink would. You're still getting the caffeine buzz, but you're getting the the kind of health from all the other things that you're adding actually adding into the liquid. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's really it's it's really the whole concept is taking that cup of coffee that you love and transforming it into a cup of wellness. So wellness means different things to different people. But I need this, Chris. I need this, man. Love it. That's fantastic. And, and you know, the other thing too is we find there's a lot of people that can't swallow pills or capsules. I was going to get to that too. I mean, you're kind of changing that culture, right? Because uh, the, the, those big ass omega pills that I take every morning. Tough. Um, and how often do you remember to take them? That's the other part too, right? So yeah. you need to get the benefits of a lot of these products. You need to take them quite consistently. So we find... You know, you, you make a cup of coffee. Coffee booster ultimately becomes part of that, that daily ritual. Just like you'd add Splenda or any sort of sweetener to your 
coffee, this just becomes part of the, part of the process. Have you heard of uh, NeuroGum by any chance? NeuroGum, no. Neuro, U R O. Uh, they're pretty cool. I mean, they're they're a pretty big. Uh, it's it's a gum uh, that is actually infused with caffeine, so it's kind of like a coffee gum. Uh, but pretty cool to check out. Like a lot of athletes have been using it. Uh, a buddy of mine basically helps with the sales in, uh, I believe in Toronto, but probably Canada. He sent me a couple to try, uh, especially if you like the gym, for example, and you know, you've already kind of topped your, your coffee for the day mm-hmm. or you don't just, you don't feel like drinking another top bike from Starbucks, whatever the, whatever yeah. gets you going, then, uh, it's, it's actually a nicer way of doing it. Maybe if, especially if you don't want those pre-workouts all the time and if you're cycling off and whatever. Yeah. It's very smart. Yeah, I think I think really the the consumers are looking for alternatives to your traditional vitamins, pills, but then even just energy, like the energy market itself is still growing, but there's not a lot of new solutions to it. So it's, I mean, it's great to hear about gums. You have a lot of shots that are popular. Um, mm-hmm. Our goal is to keep boosting coffee in, in different ways, in different forms. And t- tell me about this, because I'm kind of interested that you went through the B2B model, not B2C. Like in a sense, you know, for people listening, what I mean by that is you could have essentially opened up a store, maybe through Shopify, and you could have went directly to consumers. You uh, Instead, you went through chains like GNC, for example, and Metro and other places where people can then go to buy them. I think I know the answer, obviously, but uh, what was your rationale, you know, differentiating the two and why did you go B2B? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. Um, and I don't know that I have the best answer for it. I'd probably do it a little differently if I started over, but I mean, ultimately it was just a lot of the relationships that I had built. Um, so That's true, because you came from the sub like that, that space before yeah, I, I came from the world and it, it you know, there, there's tremendous volume in retail if, if you can figure it out. Um, and what it did allow us to do was figure out that, you know, you go to all these different stores and they put you in different spots. You kind of learn and, and see how the consumer engages with the product. What we did learn was to, to build the awareness for the brand and the product. It has to be beside coffee. So whenever you walk into a store and you see coffee booster in context besides where you buy your, your beans or a fresh cup, the connection makes sense. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's, we're starting to build them when we look to, to build our, our direct consumer model of, uh, digitally. But early on, I think just the insights we learned from the, the more traditional channels, I, I think proved to be quite valuable. Would you, so just maybe to touch on that, like if you were to go back, would you do BDC instead? I think so. Yeah, I, I would. Um, I'd start, or maybe both. Maybe both. I don't. I think, I think I would test more assumptions with with B2C and really target that that customer early on. The, the challenge we had with um, going direct to bricks and mortar retail is you're you're just when we went to everybody quickly. So um, because it was unique and innovative, we felt you know we need to be first to the market and put it everywhere. Um, but there, you know, retail has its own challenges. It's a, it's a, it's an expensive distribution model. Um, you're managing cash flow and your inventory differently than you would with a, a direct to consumer business. Um, I would probably take a step back, start slower and really target that, that consumer and figure out what their profile is and then flip the switch, uh, back to more your, your bricks and mortar pretty quick from there. And how many people are on the team? Like what, what are the different roles? Yeah, so we, we've actually kept it quite lean. Um, most of the the operations and uh, our inventory and manufacturing is all outsourced. Um, we're we're five people day to day, including myself. Um, but five isn't like full time. Five full time, well, three full time, two two contractors, and then depending on what projects we have or what's going on, we're we're about twelve people working. Wow. On. Okay. 
Yeah. That's smart though. It's smart. I had a um, actually another Ottawa entrepreneur um, on the on the podcast uh, who's the founder of Snappa. Hmm. Um, Great, yeah. uh, Chris, Christopher. Chris. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Christopher Gimmer. So I really enjoyed that conversation. But same thing, like he's doing. Uh, forget his MRR, but I mean, he, he was doing a, a good number of monthly recurring revenue, and they're like three people on the team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another great example of like bootstrap, lean, but making money. You know, yeah. and then and that's really what we've we've tried to achieve since day one. So we we have made money since the beginning. Um, it has been a profitable venture, but we're we're keeping it lean and, and growing it um, with, with some smart plays and moves. Um, I, th- I think we're in a position to, over the next five years, become really a household brand. Uh, what, and what would you say is next for that? Like, what do you, I mean, maybe not revealing the whole plan, but what sort of things do you envision doing to become a, a household brand like you're, you're talking yeah. about? No, it's, it's a great question. And I mean, it's something, um, so we've taken a lot of thought into how, how to position the brand. So um, holistically, the, the goal is anywhere you, you go to consume or buy coffee, mm-hmm. you can get boosted. So we have some pretty um, exciting partnerships that we're launching later in, in the fall of this year where with different machine manufacturers. So um, we have one where it's, uh, it's a coffee booster branded machine Sweet. for you know quick serve environments whether it's coffee shops or convenience stores and this is infused with your with your liquid as well like- so yeah so the machines the whole purpose is um you know you typically go to say you go to a tim hortons and you get a double double there's a machine where they the behind the counter will push a button and you'll get the exact dose of cream and sugar from the double double so we have our own machine um with, with the same partner to um a coffee booster so because it's a dietary supplement dosaging is really important so this is a very exact machine so so i believe you know one of the great things about that avenue is gets people trying the product it gets them engaged with it and then ultimately consuming it on a regular basis and we have a couple more like we've done some partnerships with the office supply companies Um, we've done an integration with the larger um, coffee machine manufacturer so you know the airport lounges or offices in the you hit the Americano and it grinds up the beans and puts out this fresh cup of coffee. Yeah. It'd be prompted to add coffee booster to it as well. So I think okay, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. And it just gets people trialing the product, experiencing it so that ultimately when they go to, to buy their bag of beans at the store or online too, they, the, the ultimate goal is, I mean, you can wake up in the day in your house, you go brew coffee, you can add a booster to it on your way to work. You might stop at uh, your local coffee shop opportunity to get it boosted there and then in the afternoon when you would go to maybe a 7-eleven and get an energy drink instead you have an opportunity to boost your coffee in, in that environment so i think it's really our our goal is to change the way people consume coffee by using it as a as a vehicle for, for health and wellness and is this only for coffee or can you actually mix this with anything else you, you can yeah. anything else um so the whole concept is that it's flavorless in coffee coffee has a very strong flavor profile and the supplement, uh, they're, very, they're very concentrated dosages. So on its own, some of them, like our multivitamin, will have a slight flavor. But in the coffee, once it's diluted, it's, it's rendered flavorless. Um, the thinking was that, you know, there's so many supplements and products out there that are all things to help people. So, and I, I believe very early on that if we have this product and we, and we call it Coffee Booster specifically for coffee, 
the people who actually use it and get the benefits. You can say you could put it in anything. I believe people will put it in nothing. It'll just sit in the back of their, their cupboard with the rest of their multivitamin pills and supplements and get used That's to it. So yeah. it's, it's ingrained into a daily routine. Um, I was going to say that. Yeah, you create almost that culture. You know, it's like kind of like brushing your teeth in the morning, having your cup of coffee in the morning. You're you're being proactive to tell them like where this can be best used. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very targeted. Um, and then you're also, you're reinforcing something that people already love. So they're not going to forget their coffee and they're not going to forget to take their, their health products. How do you feel when you walk into a store, you see your product on the shelf, uh, especially with that branding? Like, does that, I, I'm sure it feels good, but but how does that, personally, how does that make you feel? Yeah, it's, uh, you ha- you definitely have a second of uh, encouragement and pride seeing it there. And then immediately, though, you, you the switch kind of flips and you, you want to ask people about it that are around you. You want to talk <laughs> to store managers. You know, you want to make sure all the staff that are educated on what it is. And um, so it's it's a it's a brief achievement moment. But then immediately it's how can we, how can we make this better? Is the positioning right? Are people going to see it? Um, do, people know, you know, do people in the stores even know that they have it there to be sold? So um, it's it's a lot of it's a continual improvement process too. As soon as you walk in there, how, how can we fix this and make it better? So um, it, you're proud, but you're also immediately trying to figure out how can we, how can we tweak this to make it better? Yeah. And, and speaking of things like tweaking things to make it better, I always look at, at the self as well. And I know you're probably big on this as well, uh, just with the health and the wellness and all, and all the things that you do, but I'm curious to see like, what's your formula to, to staying on top of yourself, uh, having to run this, you know, day to day and constantly thinking about growing, improving all these things that weigh on your mind. Yeah, it's a great question. I think, um, so for me, um, my anchor tends to be fitness and health. So, um, exercise every day. What's your routine right now? Like, what do you do? So I'll I'll weight train five to six days and then, um, I'll try and do some form of cardio every day, whether it's just 20 minutes on the bike or five minutes of uh, jump rope or, or something like that. So, uh, typically in the morning, so early riser, uh, I'll wake up five five thirty, and uh, typically will the workout will be the first thing. Um, pretty organized as well, so uh, every day I'll write out the night before usually, and then review in the morning. Top three things I need to accomplish that day, and then the rest becomes a more of a to do list. But three objectives that I usually try and get done first thing in the morning, and mm-hmm. then the days working with customers, working with the team on different projects or, or traveling or whatever the case may be. That's pretty cool. So, so do you journal on top of that or just, is it kind of like a task-based system? It's pretty well task oriented. Um, but, I, you know, as soon as the day starts and then things get rolling, I mean, stuff happens all the time because you're dealing with customers and orders and, and all kinds of stuff. So um, I, I try and stay pretty focused on just three, three things every day. That's I like it. that. I like that. It's more micro too. Uh, interesting. Something to think about just having those three objectives the night before, because usually I hear people say like in the morning, but I, I, I'm, I'm more of that system as well. Usually on Sundays for me, like I really like to plan the week and just make sure I know what's going on and what I have to think of. And Yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's a great system. I think uh, at, at some level you need to have a system or a regiment that you follow because it's chaos can, can ensue pretty quickly if you don't. And I think the, the other big thing for me is, um, I have a tremendous team of advisors um, who also act as my mentors. So regular touch points with them definitely keeps 
um, keeps the wheels turning in a, in a positive way forward. Because I find even for, for lots of entrepreneurs who are, you know, start, have started their own business, it, it can be a pretty lonely journey. So to have, have that network where I, we can we'll touch base, you know, every three days or so, it's, uh, it's almost like an anchor to, to the whole system. When did you build your advisory board? Actually, that's a good question uh, to ask now. Yeah, so I um so really from day one from when we launched the the, the company Coffee Booster, it, really with Health Canada and all the approvals and R and D stuff, I'd started a couple of years prior. But um, as soon as we, uh, with my initial investor, became the the first advisor, and then we we built a group out around him. So it's really been since since day one of the business. I, I've had uh, an advisory board who um, I think I've developed into to mentors and what they've allowed us to do is, I mean, I, I think really exponentially grow it mm-hmm. fast without making the mistakes that I would have otherwise. So did you, did you find it difficult though in the beginning, like to reach out or, or did you really target, like you knew kind of who you wanted to, to make up as that team? Yeah, I, th- I think we had uh we, I knew a lot of the skill sets that, that were needed. So, um, okay. so legal, uh, finance, administrative, um, operational, and then marketing. So, um, we, we rounded out a group that, that encompassed all of those, uh, particular skill sets, but also people that have, have done it before that have kind of built these sorts of businesses and, um, or either still running them or have sold them or people that have seen all of the challenges and problems that, you know, we would inevitably face, and we we still face them. But at least we know uh, how to over, overcome them, or or what what kind of tactics to to work with. What would you say has been the biggest one so far? Uh, because I mean, a lot of it's been just just keeping up in certain aspects. Um, with with these sorts of businesses, and while you're dealing with retail, it's you have to produce inventory of product and then it's sold and then you ultimately get paid. So it becomes really a, a cash flow management game and un, not unlike many other businesses, but in the physical product space here, you're dealing with production runs and orders. So I think we've been learning how to understand how that game and that system works um, initially was, was the biggest challenge. Um, and ultimately like every, every other else that built a consumer package business, you run into challenges with, uh, manufacturers and co-packers and different uh, deals with with retailers that you would going back would, would probably do differently but uh, I mean ultimately you kind of zigzag through it and and you're, you're better off because of it Mr. Christie I got one more for you buddy uh, yeah. for all the entrepreneurs listening uh, usually I ask this but uh, I'm kind of wondering your take especially you're, you're a relatively young entrepreneur um, what advice would you give having learned what you've learned so far for someone just starting out just start. I mean, just, uh, I think starting, if you don't know what to do, go, go and work for somebody who's uh, ultimately doing what you'd like to be doing in 10, 20 years. Um, that experience with, uh, liquid nutrition proved to be probably the best decision I had ever made, even though the company ultimately failed what I learned along the way and, and, the, the network that it allowed me to build was, has been invaluable and still continues to, to be a, a platform that I look back on a lot today. So I would say just just start somewhere. And if you don't know what to do, find somebody else that's doing it and, and join, join them on the ride. Amazing. 
Amazing. Well, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate this. For everyone listening, check out Coffee Booster, uh, especially in stores. Go try it. Let me know. Let Chris know what you think, and make sure you connect with him. He's a really cool dude. You're on. You're on pretty much all social channels, though, right? Yeah, you can find us on all social channels. Uh, biggest is Instagram. So we have uh, coffee.booster handle, uh, as well as coffee booster founder page. And then for you, you it can connect with you, uh, I guess, on both, right? LinkedIn as well. Uh, I'm looking this up. Hold on. Coffee booster. That's you, though, right? That's me. Yeah, coffee all booster. Right. There you go. Right. Okay. Make sure you connect. Uh, thanks again, man. Really appreciate the talk. Thanks so much for having me.